Hello, everybody. You are listening to Victoria and Rob's political podcast. This is going to be episode one. Uh, I really don't know how we're going to uh, really form all of our um, our episodes going forward because we're kind of winging this at the moment, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, we haven't really been able to figure out how we want to handle a lot of the, um, the uh, nooks and crannies about this whole sort of thing, mostly because even though this is a project that we have talked about for probably what, a little over a month now, uh, actually putting into fruition, one of the biggest problems was how I'm on the road most of the time, right? As a matter of fact, right now, I'm in Nebraska, Victoria, you're still in Oklahoma, I believe, correct? Yes, I'm in Tulsa. Okay. So I'm, um, I, although I do live in Oklahoma, I, I work as something called a private, uh, excuse me, pilot escort vehicle operator. So that puts me in pretty much the 48, con- oh boy, here's, here's where my ignorance shows. Con- is it congruent states? <laughs> what? The connected states, let's put it that way. <laughs> 48 connected states. Um, and I'm traveling all over the stick in place. That was the point. And just tonight, I happen to be in Nebraska. In fact, I'm going to have to wake up but early in the morning in order to make sure that I am at a, well, possibly at a particular yard, um, uh, a loading yard at about roughly 7 a.m. I see potentially because whenever I pulled into this sleepy little town without a pizza parlor, mind you, that's how sleepy this town is, um, it was snowing and snowing hard. Uh, and when it comes to oversized loads, like what I tend to escort, the regulations, laws, and, uh, and whatnots usually require not necessarily clear weather, but safe travel weather. And if it's still snowing or if the roads are icy, uh, looks like we're staying put for the day. That has its ups and downs. I trust me, I'm not going to, you don't want me going to that. Anyway, so what we're going to, so because of our distance, we're trying to do this uh, using Zoom. I'm recording, um, recording us conversing on here. We've just tried it one time, and I don't know if it was my hotel room Wi Fi or some gremlin somewhere or another corked things up. So we have to do number two here. Um, so well, hopefully this will actually pull through and it won't have to have a three, four and a five. Cause if we have to go that far, then we're going to scratch it and find something different. Um, we, when we discussed that we, we had a little brief discussion before we started recording, we figured not only we were going to go ahead and use this episode to introduce ourselves. Uh, we decided I would go first to try to give at least some idea of how our introductions will go. My name is Rob. I'm. I am currently now in my mid forties. I grew up in Los Angeles, California. I was a cradle Catholic, very, uh, actually, I, I, I think in the first time I started recording this, I said a traditional upbringing. In fact, it was not. Uh, my parents divorced when I was about four years old. My father's side of the family is huge. And uh, my matter of fact, my father has six brothers and seven sisters. That's how huge. Um, yeah, my, in fact, my grandmother, before she got married, believe it or not, used to be a nun. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, laugh. It's an audio recording. Laugh. It's okay. That's um, funny. 
Um, she had uh, official proper permission to leave the the nunship, nunhood, whatever, uh, as I understand it, like in order to take care of convent. Well, being I don't know, convent is more of the building or the group, but she the sisterhood. Sisterhood. There you go. Yeah. Uh, to no longer be a nun either way, in order to take care of her mother, if I understand correctly. Uh, either way, at some point, she met my grandfather, and in true tra uh, Catholic tradition, not only, I mean, had 14 children, um, in, in the heart of Los Angeles. Now, my father was, if I, if I understand my brief family history correctly, uh, he was the first out of all 14 children to get divorced. So it, it not only did it actually spur a trend, unfortunately, um, it was still pretty taboo at this particular point. If I remember correctly, it was in the late 70s when that happened. Divorce was still, um, still kind of shunned, nowhere near as openly discussed as today. So um, I had, now to add to the, non-traditional fashion. My father was the one with custody. My mother actually had visitation uh, every other weekend. And my mother, um, my mother had a real strong influence on my sense of morality because she, <laughs> I, she's passed away. She's been, she's been gone now for over 10 years and I loved her, but she was a pain in the backside she started sampling different religions and religions and faiths. Uh, I remember I went to so many different styles of churches and whatnot. I don't even know what they were. I just remember going to these and seeing weird crap happen all around me. But um, eventually she did settle on what she called being a born again Christian, which is now as an adult, I realize is an incredibly broad based term. Um, more, uh, it was more of a charismatic style, uh, a lot of singing, uh, hands in the air style type of thing. No snakes, no, uh, <laughs> nothing that wild, but, um, uh, it, it, either way, there was a lot, there was a lot of that that had a strong influence. Now you take on my father's side of the family. My father was very, uh, his side of the family was quite crude. Um, their, their make it a coping mechanism was to poke fun at a lot of things, um, a roast style, where you would, you would end up being insulted to the nth degree. Most people would just sit back going, what the heck is going on here? And it was just, it was their sense of humor. It was their way of trying to show you, hey, I care about you because if I didn't care about you, I wouldn't be making fun of you like this. But a lot of people- I tell people that all the time. The, the problem is, especially their style, and back when I was growing up, that was not very readily accepted and understood. It ended up being uh, looked upon as you're just insulting me for the sake of insulting me. You're you're getting you're getting joy out of my pain. Get the heck away from me. But so now I have a mixture of that and a lot of the very prim and proper, and yet loopy aspect that my mom had. <laughs> You take all those together and you got some Los Angeles boy. And when he turns 18, graduates high school, he says, I want to get the heck away from my family. And he jets all the way to Oklahoma. I went, I had a, an end to a private little college called St. Gregory's out of Shawnee. 
Um, at the time it was St. Gregory's, it was a college, a two-year college. Um, it since then upgraded to a university, blah, blah, blah. I majored in goofing off. So I ended up leaving without a degree at the time, but um, met a very lovely, beautiful, blonde, about five foot nothing, roughly, <laughs> um, spitfire that I fell in love with, married for close to 20 years, had children. Uh, a few years ago, we did get divorced. I, I actually weighed out the, uh, the pros and cons of discussing some of that because some of those details involving the divorce are public record. And if for any particular reason this, this podcast becomes popular, there are going to be trolls. There are going to be knuckleheads out there. They're going to go try digging this crap up. And go, oh, look what he did. He's a horrible person. Look what he did. He did, 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 did. But at the same time, I am not keen on making fun of people or insulting people or trashing people. Um, just in general, let alone people who are what, uh, someone that I loved. I, I was deeply in love with at one point. The mother of my children on top of it. I will go so far as to say that there was a, a point in our marriage where I, I was a veteran in the army for just shy of five years. And when I left, I was actually, while I was still in, I was diagnosed with PTSD, but not for the traditional military reasons. I never deployed, uh, much to my shame. I almost did, but ended up being uh, told at the last minute, no, you're drawing the short straw. You're staying behind. Um, I, it was because of a, an incident on post, and no, I was in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. There was a murder from done. It was an execution right in front of all of us, the whole brigade of our lieutenant colonel, by a young man who, unfortunately, um, he had some problems of his own, as the most I'll say, and um, he ended up putting a few bullets in the Lieutenant Colonel right in front of us, all of us, all several hundred of us. I, it, well, I think it was several hundred. I just remember the big massive crowd and then one in his own head. Um, it was June 28th, 2012. Uh, it's, it's a date that will always stick with me, uh, especially since I was really close to it. Anyway, um, at that, because of that in incident and my well, I'll just say my regret for not doing anything different. Uh, I ended up being diagnosed with PTSD. And um, when I left the military, my now ex-wife was afraid of a lot of things involving my PTSD. And I asked me to write a particular letter. This letter is important. I, I was uh, several years ago uh, at her behest, I wrote this letter. I will go so far as to say that I was not terribly sure what she wanted exactly in this letter. I knew the purpose. The purpose was in case I ended up doing something to myself or others that she can then use to um, uh, propagate legal action in the future because I wasn't properly taken care of. Uh, I, I thought there's no way on earth this is ever gonna ever be needed, let alone if it were needed, that it would actually, a lawyer would look at this and go, oh yeah, you've got a winning case. This letter wasn't gonna do squat. But the one thing it would do is keep some peace in my home because of the, the worry that she had and the after effects thereof. 
So I wrote the letter and it was about basically myself saying some things that I knew would give her peace of mind, but were not true. Uh, I, I thought you'd never see the light of day. I was mistaken. It was brought out immediately after she filed for divorce and used as uh, grounds for a protection order against me from contacting her and my two children. Um, I could not at the time afford an attorney, so long story short, the um, uh, protection order was put in place. That is right there, public information. The letter itself may very well be, I don't know. Um, frankly, I don't want to know, I don't really care. Uh, I, you know, that, that's all there is to it. I don't expect anybody to, to read this going, oh, of course he's going to say that. He's going to cover, you know what, whatever. Um, be that it, be it what it is, it's out there. It was, I, yes, I wrote it. Yes, I signed it. Yes, at her behest, I even notarized the stinking thing. Um, I can tell you right now that even so, the opinions I'm going to espouse on this particular podcast are not going to uh, really reflect anything involving that letter or what's in it. So yes, it rather, it rather than somebody trying to dig through a closet and find a skeleton, I'm showing you, yeah, there's a skeleton right there in my closet. There it is, whatever. Now let's go, let's talk about what we really want to talk about. Um, when I describe myself with my opinions, with my uh, viewpoints, I do describe myself as a Christian conservative Republican, and I choose those three words in that order specifically. And yes, they are in fact exclusive. First, I am a Christian. I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I do trust in him, which I believe is key to being an actual Christian. I say that because, actually, we'll go into why I say that later on, um, because th th we, we're going we're to try to see if we have time to... Um, to leave a bit of part, a part of this podcast to go over some definitions of some terms that Victoria and I are gonna use later on and uh, we can come to an agreement with so that we don't have to sit there and bicker half of an episode in the future over what a word means. Um, so first there's Christian, because above all, I am Christian. The other two fall in line just so long as it meets my Christian viewpoints. Conservative, I am a conservative as opposed to liberal. I am a conservative because those viewpoints fit the Christian viewpoints the best. Now, as long as there, if there is a Christian viewpoint that does not, excuse me, sorry, if there is a conservative viewpoint that does not meet my Christian ones, that view, that conservative viewpoint is going out the window. The Christianity part takes precedence. Republican. Because right now, the two major parties in America, of course, are Republican and Democrat. Out of those two, the Republican Party fits better into the, con the conservative and meets the Christian criteria better. Unfortunately, not everything in the Republican Party line is going to meet both of those. The behaviors of the politicians who run under that party need a swift kick in the fourth point of contact um, when it comes to that. But... You know, if you look at the party lines of both, not necessarily the choices of, of the knuckleheads running with it, but the party lines, the Republican one does fit it closer. 
So that's why I choose those. But um, first one Christian takes prerogative over the other two. Um, as I say that, I'm going to throw out my Christian viewpoints throughout all of our podcasts, but I'm, I have to, I have to in, uh, emphasize, I am not a biblical scholar. I do not look to me for spiritual guidance. Do not look to me as an example of what right looks like, uh, right as, an, as opposed to wrong. <laughs> I am, an, I'm a knucklehead myself. I make mistakes, stupid mistakes every stinking day. I, I do not wear that as a badge of honor. I am a sinner, as, a, as we all are. Again, that, that I, I say that with shame, but I say that because it needs to be identified. If we have an illness, if we have a problem, they need to be recognized, identified in order for, for them to even never be fixed. Um, it, it goes like with any uh, disease or uh, mental illness, anything like that, you have to identify it. You have to recognize it, identify it. You can't just hide it under your hat and pretend it goes away and never will. Um, now, my, and as a result, my sense of morality is rooted in what is probably normally called traditional biblical beliefs, as it's commonly coined in the, the current American culture. Uh, let's see, some of the other things. Um, oh, yeah. Growing up, my, my family didn't really discuss a lot of political matters with me. Um, they, for, my mother was very shy or very private with those sorts of things. My father, yeah, he brought, he brought up a, a few specific viewpoints. Like the ones I remember the most are when, when California first started requiring all drivers to carry insurance. He was up in arms about that because he felt it was a violation of his rights. Um, back then, it was not all that commonly stated and understood that driving is a privilege. It's not actually a right. Also, he, he, this is this actually surprised me. It surprises me and with an adult viewpoint looking back. He said, "If the if the government's going to require us to carry insurance, they need to offer us insurance. They need to be part of part of the ones that offer it." I don't know if he listens to this and if he still thinks that. I will be very surprised. <laughs> another um, another viewpoint that my father did not like at all was the whole idea of schools giving condoms to high school children, especially back then it was high school. Since then, the age has kind of dropped a little bit, but not the point. Um, his, the reasoning behind his, I still find interesting. It wasn't necessarily all that uh, heavily around encouraging children to have sex as much as it was taking the, um, the, 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 the discussion of sex away from parents. He believed it was a parent's responsibility to talk to his to their children about sexual behavior and by saying hey johnny here's one anyway you don't have to you don't have to tell your parents it takes that completely out of the picture um of course a lot of other other people were arguing well there aren't any parents that are really talking about it which is why schools felt like they had to jump in my father's counter to that was well that's fine but in the meantime for those that do want to like me or him i should say um, it, you're taking it away from us. If the parent doesn't want to talk about it, well, there's no harm, no foul, but you're harming the ones that it does. So he said, he actually came up with a, with a compromise. He said, we're going to, we're going to notify all parents that we are sending one in the mail. It is to prompt, uh, 
parents. It is to put the ball in the parents' court saying, talk to children about this. Um, for, for the parents who don't care, again, no harm, no foul. But it will most likely result in more parents going, ah, oh, great, now I got to talk to the little bitty boop about what this is for. They carry auto insurance. And he was uh, up in arms. For, and the, yes, the kids were all going to know that they were coming in the mail. Those were really the only things that my father, that I can recall my father ever spouting about, espousing political about. Um, I have, like I did mention, I've been dating JC now for two and a half years. Um, you mentioned that in the first one before we had the air. Okay, very good. I did. All right. Now, at one point, JC and I had gone to visit Victoria and uh, we were discussing, we, we were basically just spouting off at the mouth um, about our, just, just be, you know, just, just usual BS. And of course, it naturally okay. political. How's that? So let me let me context this. JC is a former hairdresser. I've known JC since we were four, and JC had actually come over to color my hair. Yes. And Rob and I started a conversation about something, and JC tried to stop it out of concern that Rob and I were going to get into an argument. Yes. <laughs> and Rob and I are like, no, we're just having a conversation. Well, and she's but- like, but I don't want you two to fight. And I'm like, we're not fighting. We're just talking. Well, and part of the part of what probably spurred that on is when I get emphatic with my emotions about something, my volume tends to rise. It it does it, it's completely subconscious. I don't realize it until it's until I'm already yelling and like I'm not meaning to yell. <laughs> to bring myself. You're just you're passionate about it. Well, the problem is it also happens whenever I get intoxicated. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll notice. Yeah. The more I drink this, you know, I'm the louder I get, but yeah. Um, and I think that she heard the raised volume and she started worrying about their potential, especially with as polar opposites as our viewpoints are. Um, she was terrified, absolutely terrified of what was going to happen. Uh, but either way, uh, we, we have since talked to JC uh, up and down, left and right about the fact that we are able to have a conversation and walk away without any less respect for each other as human beings, because we know, even though we have different viewpoints, even though we have completely different uh, life experiences, we do not have any disdain over the humanity for each other. I could go off and do something incredibly stupid, like go into JC's bank account, take every cent of her money and blow it. Now she, I mean, Victoria, you're not going to respect me. Um, in a moral fashion, but you're not going to think I'm any less of a human <laughs> is the point. Right. You don't think right. I deserve the death penalty kind of thing, but like, that, that's the whole point of view. You may not like me. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be worried about the death penalty. I'd be worried about what JC was going to do to you. <laughs> and the fact that I would alibi her out. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I would actually be ashamed if you didn't. <laughs> now, um, so go ahead. So let me kind of introduce myself. Oh, um, I'm Victoria. I'm Before, okay. I'm sorry. There's one one more detail I want to throw in there. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, before I was a pilot escort, I was in the IT industry, and I bring that up because it's going to affect how I do these episodes. I had to leave the IT industry because I could not contemplate what needed to be done. Um appropriately. There are days I was sharp as a tack doing everything I needed to do. 
And there were other, the next day I'd be, I'd sit there in front of my computer drooling, wondering how do I turn this thing on? I, I couldn't, I couldn't do what I needed to do. Um, I, I basically, I became more of, of a problem than an asset to any sort of IT company that could possibly use me. Now, that's not to say that I have to be, that a trained monkey can be a pilot escort. It's just much less of a strain on my mental capacities. And as a result, I can actually keep a steady level of what's necessary to figure out what I need to do. And I can do it a heck of a lot more successful. Um, and now when it comes to these conversations, Victoria, that you and I are gonna have, it's probably gonna happen again. I'm gonna sit there going, ah, ah, ah. And you're, you're probably gonna remember like, you bait, you're probably going to give me baited questions, waiting for just gift wrapping something for me to give a response to. And I'm going to sit there going, I like bananas. <laughs> so it's it's going to happen. I, I hate to say it, but it will happen uh, for all of our listeners, If especially if you tend to have viewpoints similar to mine and you're going to end up screaming at your, your phone or your laptop or whatever you're listening to this on. Uh, why don't you say this? It's probably because I'm being a numbskull at the moment. I, that That's basically what I wanted to say. I apologize. By all means, Victoria, go for it. So I'm Victoria. Uh, like Rob, I'm in my mid-40s. Um, his skeleton, he, he dumped out there. I'll dump mine out. Um, two years ago, I came out as transgender. Um, I was the young, I'm the youngest of six. My family has not been real receptive. Um, friends have been amazing. JC included. Um, JC and I were married at one point for a couple of years, determined we were just better off as friends. And she's been super supportive since the day I told her. Um, like I said, she was here to color my hair, so on. Um, in, in terms of describing myself, I grew up Republican. Um, but then as I got older, I started to not agree with how the party was running. Um, and when I did my legal name change and I changed my party affiliation to Democrat, um, I don't know if I would call myself liberal, um, but I'm not a moderate either. I, my daughter's laughing at me, I think. No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> um, but I, I see a lot of things on the Democratic side that I'm like, okay, I can get behind this. Now, there are things that they think is a good idea, and I'm just like, no, I don't, I don't think this is a good idea. I just don't. Um, I, I will say the way that the Republican Party has gone, there's no way I could have stayed, especially having come out as who I am, um, just based on the way that they use religion improperly. And I'm, I, I don't say that as a knock against anyone. I say that as a statement of fact based on what I've seen and dealt with. A personal um, Do what? A personal observation. Yeah. Okay. So I don't... It's hard to see the Republican Party as what it used to be. It, it's not there. It, it's... I don't recognize it anymore. Now, there are some that are still fighting for what the Republican Party was and has always been, but I am, I fit so much more in the Democratic Party now based on how I view things, 
so on. And a lot of that we'll touch on. And that's where Rob and I have different political views. Mm-hmm. Um, but like he said, it doesn't make us treat each other any differently. We just disagree on things. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not enough of that in the country anymore. It's you don't agree with me. I hate you. No, it's you don't agree with me. Okay. Right. There are certain things. There are certain things you cannot agree on and it's fine. Now, Rob and I will agree. There's certain things like racism. There, there's no disagreement there. Mm-hmm. If you think racism, okay, then we can't be friends. Cause that's not okay. Mm-hmm. There, those are the types of things that you can't, I can't get beside. Mm-hmm. And that's again a lot of what I've seen in the Republican Party has been just blatant episodes of racism at different times. That I'm just like, when did this become okay? And so the more I saw it, and I I'll put a good portion of it on the former president. Which one? That's just my opinion. A Trump. Okay, there you go. All right. I'll put a lot of it on him, just because of the way he carries himself, what he, the way he treats people, how he talks to people. Just in the primary alone, when he mocked the disabled reporter, I'm like, okay, I'm done with you. There's no, no, there's no way that this is acceptable. I don't care what party you're in. This is not acceptable. And so for that reason, it just became more obvious to me that the Democratic Party was more what I what I fit with. Mm-hmm. And like, like Rob said, we were having a conversation. We both got a little loud because we were passionate about it. We weren't arguing. Right. We were just passionate about our side of it. And JC was terrified that we were going to get into an art. And I'm like, no, hon, we're fine. It's okay. <laughs> so, and I, I appreciated like her concern, but that's just. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's what she was worried about. Yeah. And so we started talking about doing this and I thought it was a great idea. And so here we are. Yeah, well, one of the, after our, our discussion that one day, it hit me, I dare say, on the trip, uh, like once we got in the car and we're driving, ba- uh, driving off, it hit me like this, that conversation would have been an excellent example of how two people, uh, like myself being a considerably conservative Republican, a Christian conservative Republican, you being um, for just, just on being trans alone, can still come together, meet, and not come to blows as what seems to be a, a popular viewpoint that a lot of people think. They think that if two people like ourselves were to meet on a street corner and have a conversation, next thing you know, we're going to be throwing tomatoes and bottles at each other. Um, and, it's, and they think that that would happen with if they got into a conversation with someone else like that, they would end up coming to blows. And I thought, you know, this would be an absolutely excellent opportunity for each of us to not only express our own viewpoints, but potentially express the viewpoints of a lot of other like-minded individuals to each other that someone on the opposite side just might not have an opportunity to understand and hear because like I said, they're afraid that if they took the time to listen, they'd end up throwing tomatoes in bottles. So, um, and at the same time, we can walk away still friends. Um, oh, I wanted to let you introduce your, uh, the fact that what, uh, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, um, but I wanted to let, let you introduce the fact that you were trans in your own introduction as opposed to me throwing it out there. Um, because there are going to be a lot of individuals who will say, Rob, 
if you're a Christian, how can you possibly be friends with someone who's trans? And you know, how, 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 do, how do the logistics work and things like that? Okay, understand. Being Victoria's friend does not violate my Christianity. To that effect, I am going to, I have to, you know, like I said, my Christianity comes paramount, but that does not mean that I have to purposefully come out and insult anybody, including yourself. I do need to, if, if there's something being misrepresented with like Christ, God, the Bible, things like that, I'll try to be as polite as possible, but I'm still going to be factual. Um, I'm not going to omit the truth and as a result, create a lie. But if I can still not create a lie, but not have to spill everything out there um, with my fist shaking in the air, well, then I'm going to do it. As an example, I am, um, when it comes to pronouns, for example, I'm not going to uh, violate my Christianity, but at the same time, I'm not going to throw out pronouns that are going to purposefully just do nothing more than insult you. So, uh, as a, that's why I'm trying to use your name. And, and that is your legal name, Victoria, which is, um, you know, that, that's a big reason why I'm perfectly comfortable with calling you Victoria. That's your legal name. You, your legal name could have been Jingleheimer Schmidt. It does not matter. That is your legal name. That's what I'm going to address you as. There's not near enough boxes on any application for a name like that i don't care what anybody says <laughs> so but that that that's why i choose to address you as victoria um I, and at the same time i'm also you know there, there's a, a real popular term that's made news lately called uh pronoun hospitality i cannot unfortunately i had tried to um cite the person that i think i believe it was a preacher who made news uh, a month or so ago, or maybe it was a little longer than that, about uh, something called pronoun hospitality. And unfortunately, I, I will say this, the, the lengths with which this particular preacher was describing as quote unquote pronoun hospitality would out and out violate my scruples as a Christian but there are still ways to negotiate through that. So I'm not going to fall into the pronoun hospitality as it is cited by this particular preacher, but I'm going to try to, like I said, negotiate something. So I'm still trying to, so I can still be civil and polite without throwing crap out there. So if anybody wants to know, why, Rob, how can you do this? How do you, how do you accomplish it? That's a big part. Um, if, my, if my conversation sounds cumbersome, because I keep throwing out the name Victoria, where it sounds awkward. I'm sorry, but that's why. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. I, that's what, you know. That that's how I feel that the best way to negotiate that particular situation would be, unless I feel it's unless I feel that doing that's going to actually just do nothing but insult you. Then of course I'll try something else. It's one of those things that people have used religion, and I use that term very loosely, mm -hmm. as reasons to behave certain ways. And my question becomes, so where does it say you should behave that way? Mm -hmm. Because using the pronouns that match who I am doesn't violate anything biblically. Um, you know, the name thing, it cracks me up. People are like, well, that's not your name. Well, uh, legally, yeah, that it is. Yep. And we're perfectly fine calling people that are born with the name Richard names like Rick and Dick and Rich, but we can't do that with somebody that's transgender. Like Christopher Wallace was his real name, but I mean, everybody knew him as Biggie Smalls and everybody was fine with that. So what's the problem? For, uh, that's, the, right. that's the kind of thing that can't, 
to me is it's I understand what you're saying and at no point would I try to do something to make you feel like you're going against what you believe Mm -hmm. but the basis of religion for not using someone's name or pronouns doesn't fit I I have um I have a response to that but before I go into it the what I want to be able in that response, I'm going to incorporate some of the terms that I wanted to throw the what I want to discuss definitions on first, or come to an agreement on definitions. Then I can, if they still well, it, Zoom doesn't tell me how long we've been on, so I'm just gonna wing it. Um, all right, so for example, um, relig- well, let's 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 go not even religion, let's go with truth because there, there'll be lots of times when I'm gonna say something's true, you're gonna say it's not, or vice versa. So what exactly is truth? And I mean, we could come up with our own terms. Just as an example, I I went on to Webster's Dictionary website on uh, most of these terms. This was the term that I like, this is the definition I like the best. I'd like to see if there's a way either you you feel it could be defined differently, or if you like it as is, we're we're good. One of the definitions they put on there is the property as of a statement, of being in accord with fact or reality. That works. I know that to me, that sounds, you know, pretty straightforward and legit. Generally truth is truth. I mean, unless mm-hmm. you try to tell me the sky is purple and I'm like, um, here's a picture of it and it's blue. No, it's not. Well, actually, I mean, you know, yeah. no, but that's, you know, unless it's something that's just irrefutable fact and somebody says something, you're like, it'd be like somebody saying there's actually six heads at Mount Rushmore. Uh, <laughs> no, there's okay. not. So truth is truth. So, fact is fact. So the, one of the questions I didn't want to ask, and since we're talking about truth, do you believe in objective truth? When you get into objective, then you're arguing semantics. How so? With objective truth, mm-hmm. you're, you're picking out what you see as the truth for that one specific thing, whereas the broader thing may not be. How do you define objective truth? Mm-hmm. There you go. Excellent question. Well, I didn't that I did not pull out a term for, but the way I define objective truth is something that is true regardless of anyone or group of people's opinion of it. It's true okay. regardless of opinion. Okay. I'll, I'm with that. Yeah. So you know, like you said, uh, somebody's opinion is that they see they think they see six heads on Mount Rushmore. Uh, no, the objective truth is that there's four. If you see six, you need to clean your glasses. Um, you, you, your, your or you need to talk to a doctor and change your meds. Well, I wasn't going to go that far, but yeah. <laughs> uh, the, 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 your, your viewpoint is skewed. The, the, the objective truth right. is four heads. So um, and suddenly I'm seeing, I'm, I can hear a bunch of our listeners screaming in Picard voice. There are four lights. Oh, I, don't, I don't know if you understand that reference. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. No. Okay, good. I got that reference. <laughs> Very good. Very good. So um, the next generation was amazing. Anyway, we'll move on from that. Yeah, okay. That's a whole another show. Uh- <laughs> Very true. Now, the next um, the next word I wanted to see if we can define is moral. Uh, something that is, more, you know, I, first I was going to go morality, but then I realized, well, morality's root is moral. Um, Webster's Dictionary says, of or relating to principles of right and wrong in behavior. How does that work? I think you can have a moral opinion without it being based in religion in any way, shape, or form. Well, okay, but this doesn't have anything. The, the religion was never... No, I'm just saying too many people base their, their moral belief on scriptures. Well, okay. I grew up in church. So, you know, I know what the Bible says. So 
yes, I understand people's point, but I don't think you have to have that to have a decent moral compass. Well, we can certainly go into that in, in a little bit, but first, uh, that as far as that definition of moral, because so if we're gonna if we can discuss whether religion can apply or how it applies to morality, we have to figure out what right. more what it means to be moral, or what the word moral means to begin with. Right. Do, you want, do, do you like that definition? Do you need me to read it? Yeah, good. Yeah, we're good. Okay. All right. Good. All right. Perfect. Well, the next word you you, you got religion because oh, what that's a religion. No, that's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Um, they they um, Webster's dictionary. One of the definitions, the one I liked the best, honestly, was a personal, actually, I, I modified it. I beg your pardon. I modified this. A personal okay. set or institutional system of attitudes, beliefs, and practices rooted in a superior power. I say that because there, every religion I can, at least that I can think of, I, I studied, I had a, a world religions class in college. Lord knows I don't remember anything about it, but I remember that all of them had didn't necessarily have a superior being, but they did revolve around a superior power. So that's why yeah, I, yeah. I, had, I had that that's, part about superior power. Do you like that definition? Yeah, no, that's good. I, and to me, religion and faith are two different things. Oh, absolutely. They are. Yeah. No. And that, that, you know, like I said, I grew up in church, but I have a severe issue with religion, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. just because of how it's been twisted over the years and gotten so far away from what the Bible actually says. Now, I will go ahead and throw in uh, the fact that the definition out of the Bible did not include the idea of being rooted in the superior power. It, it basically said, a per because I like how the definition here identifies it as a personal set or an institutionalized system. So a religion can be one person or it could be a group of people. But it does not mention being rooted in a superior power. They end with basically a personal set of attitudes, beliefs, and practices at that. Do you like that better or do you prefer rooted in a superior power? I see both of them are fine. Both of them, okay. Uh, because I, I see for how we generally are going to be talking about religion, it's going to be the way you originally defined it with a superior power. But everybody looks at religion a little bit differently. Well, then I, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take out the rooted in superior power um, and move closer to the original definition. Because, like like you said, different people see it different ways. And there are, um, in, in this way, this does in, in itself include, just by, it, it, by taking that, it, it, those ones that are rooted in superior power are still included. A Christian, uh, the, the term that when someone is described as a Christian, because just as an example, right now there's a there's a hefty debate on whether or not Joe Biden is a Christian. So, um, yeah. well, Catholicism is a form of Christianity. Yeah, I, to me, it's because of how Catholicism is run. It's not the same thing. I can't necessarily disagree with that especially with the current pope um i see them as i see them as apple i see them as oranges and mandarins mandarin oranges they're kind of the same but they're not the same well i mean for example their basis is the same but they're not the they're cousins they're not brother and sister um i would i don't know it's it's tough to say because I'm still, I can't disagree. Um, what I can't, I, I, I think back to, of course, my upbringing, and I think about what's going on now and some recent developments that I've, or recent aspects that I've learned about that make me raise an eyebrow or two because they are completely contrary to what the Bible says. 
And um, I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Something ain't right. So well, before, go ahead. If you base it on the Old Testament, then Catholicism is still pretty solid because you have to go through someone to get to God, which is how it was through the Old Testament. But the New Testament should have wiped that out. But the Catholic Church never changed how they did things. Well, well, first of all, they didn't exist before the New Testament. So you can't really say I understand. But at the same time, I know that, well, I shouldn't say no, I was taught. Um, I wasn't there when it happened. But that a lot of the um, intercessory aspects involving human beings, uh, priests, like coming to confession to a priest, for example, was, uh, and this was actually explained once by a priest to me, it's not truly necessary. In the, in the Bible, it says it's not necessary. It's just that so many people are more comfortable confessing to a priest that we still offer it. And I'm sitting there going, but that's not necessarily how it was taught. And so, but right. But, but yeah, so th- th- there's, there's, like I said, there are some aspects I want to dig into deeper, not with you now, but like with the Catholic Church itself, talk to a representative going, what's this about in this other little detail, a couple of details I'm looking at. And if that's the case, I'm going to say, okay, it's contrary to the Bible, what say you? And if I can't get a satisfactory answer, I'm going to agree with you totally incomplete. They are cousins. But if I get, a, depending on their answer, I may have a counter argument at, at that time. Lord knows when that'll happen because I'm on the road all the time. But anyway, um, in the meantime, the, the, the term Christian itself, I, I, this is the, the verbiage I chose myself. A person who puts full trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Not someone who believes in Jesus, because to be perfectly honest with you, if you, were, if you are a Bible believer, even Satan believes in Jesus. Heck, he talked to him in the desert. So he knows he exists. He knows who he is. He doesn't trust Jesus. He, ha- he actually has a complete hatred for, for So you have to trust in Jesus. You can't just simply say, I, pro- you know, I proclaim Christ as my Savior, and then go off and go, you know, get loot, screwed, and tattooed. It doesn't work that way. You have to tr- actually trust in him. And trusting him means trusting his word and, and so on and so on and so on. So um, that's why I defined it as that. Do you have a contra- contra- contrary opinion on that? No, you're good. Okay. Um, second to the last word was something you mentioned in a previous conversation we had, civilized. Uh, because we were talking, you were talking about how America being a civilized nation in, in comparison to other civilized nations. Right. Um, and I, I looked it up and I thought, okay, this is well, Webster's dictionary. We had a great definition. Refinement of, of thought, manners, or taste. I mean, I've seen some of our choices in music. <laughs> but yeah. That's... Well, then we're not a civilized country. <laughs> I mean, listen to mumble rappers today. I'm just saying we might want to change that. But well, if, if you want to find a, a different definition and throw it at me at a later time, I am. All You're good. Out. Okay. All right. You're good. I'm just being a okay. smart ass about it. Uh, no, no worries. No worries. Okay. Last one. This was what I, I uh, a term I brought up. I, I asked you during that that first conversation because I'm going to use this. I have a feeling. Ham sandwich group. Do you remember me mentioning that one? No. I had asked you if you were part of the ham sandwich group, and you agreed you were. And that was basically people who would rather have voted for a ham sandwich than Donald Trump. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Very good. I. Pretty much, I if there was an option for anybody else, I'd have just written that in there. Right. Vote for Pedro something. <laughs> um, right. 
So it wasn't necessarily yeah, I, that, that, that Joe Biden was your, your, your great choice. It was that it was not Donald Trump. Yeah. Okay. I voted for Bernie in the primary. I own it. I voted for Bernie in the primary. Okay. When Joe won it, I was like, okay, well, Joe's our guy, then whatever, because we can't do another four years of this. Right. Understood. Understood. Now, I will say, I'll, I'll go ahead and out, um, uh, explain what I, you opened your voting record there a little bit. I'll do the same thing. During uh, the 2016 election, honestly, when it was, it was Hillary versus uh, Trump, I didn't vote for any, any president whatsoever. I could. I voted not, for the independent John, uh, Greg Johnson. I don't even remember. I think it's from Colorado because I wasn't about to, vote, about to vote for either one of those two. Oh, no. Well, at the time, I mean, I, I knew what Hillary, I knew what Hillary, what Hillary's history told me um, a four-year presidency of her was going to be like. Trump was, I mean, yeah, he spouted off all kinds of stuff about, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And I'm going, do you know how many times I hear from politicians how they're going to paint the moon for me only? Give me a break. You know, how am I supposed to believe that? And then, of course, you tack on all the tacky behavior um, that, that he threw out there just on Twitter alone. So I thought, you know, I, I cannot trust that if, um, if, I, you know, if I vote for Trump and he turns out to be just as bad as every other politician out there, I'm going to have to come out and say, yeah, I, you know, I put my name, I put my check next to his name and I can't do that. So I didn't, and I didn't, anybody else on the ballot, I didn't know anything about. So I wasn't going to do the same thing. I just said no. And I voted for everything else. This most recent election, Trump now had a history. He had a pattern that we can see what he was going to do. And his shenanigans only led up on Twitter when Twitter forcibly stopped him. So um, at that point, I said, okay, I, I have a choice here um, where I have a doctor with, this is now, this is my personal viewpoint on it. I have a choice of a doctor with a great bedside manner, but he's a horrible surgeon. Or I have a doctor with a horrible bedside manner, but he's a damn good surgeon. So I chose, oh, if I know if I were about to be under the knife, I'm going to want, hey, if I know those are my choices, I'm going to have to forego the bedside manner and go with, the, with his surgical skills. That's how I saw his policies. His policies were ones that, that I liked, that followed my uh, preferences, and so forth. So that's why I, but of course, he was a, he's a knucklehead. I'll, I'll go on and say, as, as far as a, his personality, he's a knucklehead. So um, I did vote for Trump the second time around. Um, uh, since you, like I said, since you exposed yours, I exposed mine. Um, now, uh, we were talking about, there was something I wanted to bring into that was about truth that you said just before we went into definitions. Uh, I told you my brain was going to fail me. It's fine. You'll think of it later. Just make a note. We'll cover it at the beginning of the next one. Well, I'll, well, okay. I, I guess. Um, but that, that, well, that is, you know, well, no, maybe not. Maybe not. Let's see here. Oh, yes. Yes. I, it, it was the morality part. That's right. It was how you had mentioned how morality does not require religion. Okay. Uh, apologize folks, uh, our list to our listeners, because uh, we have to take a quick pause there, but we are back. Um, we wanted to discuss with you real quick about how, um, 
as we said earlier, person's morality does not require religion. So please, by all means, uh, expand on it. I don't feel, because I don't think that morality, your how you see things morally, like taking care of people, being kind to your neighbor, so on. I don't think religion's a necessity for that, but so many people tie them together, whereas Western philosophies have for centuries espoused these same things that had nothing to do with a religion in any way. Okay. I, well, first and foremost, a sense of, I agree that a sense of morality does not require an actual religion. There are people who still behave in what we we consider a moral fashion that don't necessarily have a religion at all, or just don't believe that they have a religion, for example. Maybe they have one and they just don't realize. Um, And yes, that is actually possible. There are a lot of people who, just as an example, They treat certain things as if it were an actual entity to be worshipped. And it's, oh, it's not, it's not, I'm not worshipping it. When in fact that they're doing everything but bowing to the stinking thing. For for example, um, something that I can actually relate to, um, an addiction. Because yes, I have have, uh, had an addiction before. Out of a sense of my own privacy, I won't go into what it is. And I, I dare say, you know, I, I can't say I've necessarily fully beaten it. However, if I go through what I have, I, I have not let it control as much of my life's, my life's choices as it used to. Um, I used to put a whole lot of things in my life on hold just to be able to get my fix, as it were. So I, I have some familiarity with that. And there are times when it very well could have just as well been a, a, a god with a small g, um, at that because of how much of my life was wrapped around that particular addiction and satisfying the addiction. So that is an example. I'm not, just to clarify, I'm not saying that everyone with an addiction is going to treat it like like a, like a religion. I, I still have the addiction. It's no longer that way for me. So I can't say that every, every addiction is the same. No, no, not at all. But that is an example of how someone can possibly have a form of religion. Because remember, as we said before, religion is a personal set or institutionalized system of attitudes, beliefs, and practices. So the attitudes, the beliefs, and practices all put together, your attitudes, you know, your belief, and then the practices you put through to the team are all basically a form of a religion. I can dare say that, well, actually, better, better yet, let me pause a little bit. Where do you, yourself personally, Victoria, root your morality in when it comes to something that, if you, you encounter something that is just completely unforeseen, you have no, you know, at first blush, you have no idea what to think of this, you fall back on something in order to help establish an opinion, a judgment of whether it's good or bad. What, what would you say, in your own opinion, you fall back on? That's one of those that just based on having grown up in the church, it's going to be to an extent based on that. Okay. Just because that was the, the foundation for 18 years. That, and that's fair. That's um, fair. That's so fair. it's yeah. just a matter of the fact that when I got to the point that I was like, this just isn't, it isn't for me anymore. I, I got started questioning things, the way things are, are taught, the way, I have a big problem with organized religion, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. just because of people. I mean, and that, and I understand people aren't perfect, but I have a problem with people that sit in churches and behave a certain way 
when I know full well the night before they're out getting pass out stumbling drunk. Hypocrisy. I, the, oh, I cannot even begin to deal with that level of hypocrisy. Okay. Doesn't work for me. It's why I quit going. I'm like, I'm not going to live the life that I live and sit there and pretend like I'm somebody that I'm not. I'm sorry. That's why you quit what? I didn't catch that. Quit going to church. Oh, quit going to church. I beg, beg your pardon. Sorry. Okay. And I quit going to church because that who I was, I'm not going to sit there and pretend that I don't go out and do these things. I'm not going to go out pretend that I, I'm not out being who I want to be and doing what I want to do, knowing that that's just who I am. If, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I, and, I, and I may very well be, I may be confusing you with somebody else, but do I recall correctly that you are an atheist? No, I'm not. Okay, I, I apologize. I don't know who it was. Oh, okay, then it's one of those that I, I'm not an atheist. I do, I do struggle with the way that religion, again, quote unquote, mm-hmm. uses what's in the Bible. I mean, the funny thing is, I may not live like a Christian, quote unquote, but it doesn't mean I don't know what it says. Mm-hmm. And it always cracks me up when somebody thinks that they can come at me sideways about something in the Bible. Right. And then I correct them and quote the verse correctly. And they just look at me and I'm like, just because I don't act like it doesn't mean I don't know it. Well, then uh, I guess, would you consider yourself uh, a Christian? Based on the definition we agreed on. Technically, probably. But okay. at the same time, it's back to that whole, I don't have a problem with faith. I have a problem with religion. Right, well, that's why I was asking you specifically, not and, and what church you belong to. Yeah. I don't have a specific term for it. Faith is fine. I, I don't have a problem with faith. I have my own version of faith, but I don't. You're not going to catch me going to church. Well, I, I can tell you that, especially this past year with everybody, with COVID doing what it did, or, uh, well, I guess I should more say, like, what, what the powers that be did what they did with COVID. Right. A lot, a lot of individuals have kind of started using technology to their own advantage and not really followed any one particular church, but rather just kind of did their own thing with the Bible, with their faith and so on. Um, So uh, you can take the, you know, every time I hear a church, a, a Christian church describe itself, they always say the church is not the building, it's the people. Well, take the people out. They're supposed to be saying take the building out. Just take the people out. Now there's just Victoria. Victoria alone, if I understand correctly, is technically a Christian. You do put, you by definition, you put your full trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If the answer is no, the answer is no. I'm not going to you know, shake a fist. I, I don't know that that's the best way, though, because I have so many issues with things in the Bible. So I probably would say that probably isn't the best definition. Okay. All right. Well, it's not, I mean, of you as opposed to uh, of a Christian. Right. Of me personally. Okay. Well, that's okay. All right. Um, then, but you, you do, there are certain aspects of the Bible that you like and some that you don't. There's things that I agree with. And okay. some of that I think is just the general be good to people things. It's, it's not the, Part of my problem with religions, again, is especially a lot of Christians love to quote the Old Testament as their basis for issues with things like homosexuality and so on. But you're picking and choosing. 
because if you read the whole scripture, you're going to have a lot of problems based on how you live your life too. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm, I just can't, the Bible is not, you don't get to pick and choose. It's either you believe in Jesus in the new Testament, which means the old covenant, the old Testament no longer is relevant. And we're not using that as the reason to beat people to death, the Bible, or that is relevant still, which means you don't believe the whole new Testament and basically are saying that what everybody else considers the basis for their religion isn't really fa- is isn't factual. So which is it? I will. Well, for our listeners' benefit, let me explain. the The reason I'm jumping into uh, um, the religious topic here is because, like I said earlier, my sense of morality is rooted in um, traditional biblical belief or you know Christian and biblical beliefs. Um, so I'm trying to get a, a basis of where Victoria and mine, um, roots of our morality, uh, can be juxtaposed to each other, can be compared and contrasted, I guess is what I should say. Um, I don't think they're going to be that far off overall. Overall, you're, you're, well, I guess it depends on what, and how I might, my opinion might be that yeah they are pretty far off. Yours maybe though maybe they're not after all. Um, if you if you were to write them out on a list, you may have a whole lot more in common than not. But some of the ones that are not to me may be whoppers. So <laughs> you know what I mean. Fair enough. Now, um, would it be fair to say then again because you keep you keep going back to organized religion and such without the actual religion uh, or any sort any any sort of religions itself. Would you yourself say that you believe, I guess I, I, it sounds like based on what you said before, you do not believe that the Bible is the word of God. Am I correct? I don't because of the, first of all, it's a slippery slope. It's written by man. So we're under the assumption they're writing exactly what they're told. The problem is, some of the original scriptures have the the scrolls have been found Mm -hmm. and when they have been translated it doesn't match Mm -hmm. and so for that reason i'm like okay well why why does it should be literally should be word for word if the scroll was what this was originally written off of Mm -hmm. and why is it not any why why when they translated it you know hundreds of years later why aren't they why don't they match okay um well let me let me respond to a couple aspects of that i i i oftentimes chuckle when i hear somebody say that it was written by man because my first response is find me a book that wasn't but yet we still trust them um (laughs) you know what i mean Uh, i'm not disagreeing with you on that no but but that that is so that that aside, I understand what you mean. Um, we are taking, uh, we are putting our faith that when the when the original scripts of the what is it the uh, Greek Hebrew and uh, oh I can't remember what the other languages um, or the, the the three main languages that the original scripts were written in uh, when they were written that they were inspired. By God, um, we, we're, we take we're taking that at faith. 
And also, when those of us who are Christians, based on the definition, when we put our full trust in Jesus Christ, he himself had said, I, I, I wish I had, I wish I were a biblical scholar sometimes. I could actually find the, the I could give you chapter and verse and book uh, where he said, where he actually expounds on the validity of scripture of scripture, not the scripture, not the old, not the new, of scripture. Um, and so we translate that into the New Testament. I want to, I really want to be able to find an opportunity where I can actually just have a conversation with a true biblical scholar who can, who can ask, answer questions like, where do we find answers where do we now these answers take like to the questions you asked um the differences in the translation um some of them are vastly different we still we now have access to on the internet to the excuse me i'm sorry to the original um wording not the not not the actual scrolls right right there are bibles you can buy that are in the original language for crying out loud so we, we have access to that we could, if we were to learn these dead languages, we could translate them ourselves if we should choose. Some of the translations are so off, um, from what I understand, what I've been told, that it's it, it was put into the way it is now because of reason A, B, C. Well, please tell me, what is that reason A, B, C? Because, you know, not only do I, for my own satisfaction, but if someone were to come to, like yourself, come to bring that up to me, I want to be able to have a legitimate true response not just something i pulled out of my fourth point of contact so um i i, I wish i knew i mean i there are no i'll also tell you there are some things that i have found in the bible that helped form my sense of morality i cannot remember what they are where they are anything like that i have maybe dug them up two three four times oh yeah that's where it was oh yeah and it, and it was so much research involved me trying to find that stupid answer over and over because of my my well, my brain work doing the way it does my memory uh, my memory failing me i guess is the best way to word it um that i stopped continuing to dig i mean so why don't you just keep notes are you kidding i have a book this thick about where i found it here they're here and i would and then digging through that just to find it again it would be stupid horrendous so i i ended up trusting myself in knowing that I found it before, it's there. I also have to keep in mind that I am faulty, that I am errant. I could be misremembering. So I do also trust in others who are skilled or knowledgeable to correct me when I'm wrong or to reinforce uh, when, I'm, when I'm accurate. Um, I, I, it's, it's like one of those, one of those aspects when we were taught when Christ himself talked about how we're not to put our trust. Actually, I, I, I'm thinking of a different verse. Um, I want to say it was a proverb. Some, some kings put their faith in horses of war, horses, or horses of war, or battle, something like that. Horses of war. Or it is horses of war. Okay. And, but, um, but I put my, but I think I put my faith in God, something like that. You got the, you're on the right track. I know what, I know the verse you're talking about. You're on the right. It's a paraphrase. You're on the right track there. I just don't know what the exact wording was. Right. It's essentially helping to teach that we don't, people fail. We are all errant. 
um, putting your faith in, in people or things, um, putting my faith in this cup that it's, that if I hold it by the lid, it's never going to fall and spill soda all over myself is errant. Um, and I think that especially for a lot of Christians and conservatives and Republicans, that was blatantly obvious with um, the Supreme Court. We put our faith, oh, if we put this person in the court, if we put that person in the court, everything will be great. And they wouldn't even listen to the stinking cases. Um, I mean, you, you, if, if for those who were too crestfallen, you put your faith in a person uh, or in the, in, the, in, the, in the court, wrong. <laughs> if you were counting on um, uh, uh, Trump winning the next election, you put your faith in the wrong area. You put your faith in God, not in a person, not in an office, um, because people will fail. It's just part and parcel of the package of being a human being. We will fail. Um, uh, but yeah. So, shoot, I had it and I lost it again. The whole point of what I was going on about regards to that. Uh, you know, I mean, it's the fact that, like I said, that because of those fallacies with the, the translations, it yeah, yeah. makes me start, made me start questioning things. And mm-hmm. and I, I bring it back to one of the biggest scriptures that people use as their reason for having an issue with homosexuality. Mm-hmm. There's a verse that says, man, the way that it's been translated was man shall not lay with another man as he does with a woman. Mm-hmm. The actual correct translation is man will not lay with a boy as he does with another woman. Mm-hmm. It's not about homosexuality. It's about pedophilia. Mm-hmm. I remember you. I remember you. I think you posted something about that on Facebook or you yep. verbalized it to me either way. And remarkably, not too long after, um, there was um I want to say it was Dr. Alex McFarland, but please don't hold me to that. A biblical scholar who I was, I was listening to on the radio one day, uh, not too long after I caught that from you, who had actually referenced that and mentioned that the, the original verbiage when used, um, the, the word that was used by that particular author, and I don't, oh man, I wish I could remember, uh, used the same word for boy there, um, that, ha- that has dual meanings depending on context. And it was used elsewhere to represent ba- man in a, diff- in a different area. I, I, okay, don't take my word for it. Do not take my word for it. I could be- I understand what you're saying. But you know, if, if I'm remembering correctly, that was brought up. So there was um, evidence to the potential of it actually being meaning man versus boy. Now, it's not, uh, based on what I heard, it was not solid. It means this, period. Um, you, you, there has to be a better understanding of the language itself to really appreciate what it could have, what it's supposed to mean. Um, right. And, and I guess until that point in time comes where you and I learn these ancient languages, um, the only thing we can do is either trust in others, trust in teachers, which we do every day, we send our children to school, um, or just scream and argue that they're wrong or right or wrong or right. Um, right. Which, it, let's face it, in life we do both in all kinds of facets because 
people screw up, people get it wrong. So sometimes we trust some, it's kind of like something, a term I learned in the army, we trust, but verify. And if something doesn't, uh, if something doesn't pass the sniff test, well, then you just don't take it at face value. Um, so you know, you, you, at that point for something, something like this, it's tough to tell what that sniff test is telling us because we don't have an right. understanding. Right. Um, so uh, I, um, I, I, I would like to know more. Topic. At the same time, let's face it. Let's just say I, you know, I, I'm not going to learn a language in a week, especially a dead language like that. Um, right. Well, I guess I if it was Greek, then it's not a dead language. You get the point. Um, if uh, I learned Greek semester in high school and it was terrible. I'm sorry, you broke up. What was that? I learned Greek for a semester in high school. It's terrible. Don't Ooh. do it. Don't don't ever do it. Oh, you poor son of a. Okay, uh, <laughs> I mea culpa. Um, now, uh, either way, I'm not going to learn any language in a week. So the all the best we can do is to trust in others. But let's just let's just say I found someone. Let's just say I got a hold of. Dr. Alex McFarland. He's a, he's a, he's a uh, Christian author. He's got, he's got, he's done a lot of, he's a speaker, radio show. He's, he's been uh, uh, heads of several offices. I wish I could spout up lots of credentials to his name. If I were right, to right. Gra gra grab him by the collar and drag him on to like next week's episode or our, our next episode, whatever it is. And I were to say, listen to him. And he tells you, yeah, it's, it's you. The same context is over here where it clearly means man in the same context here. Would you trust that, or would you require further evidence? I'd still require further evidence. What? Okay. Because, so, so with that, something like that, his knowledge base is the language, but it's also the Bible. Whereas an outside scholar is just translating for the sake of translation, not for to verify, to preach, whatever with the Bible. They're just translating it because it's being trans. You see what I'm saying? So you're 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 afraid that he is using um, there's a term, uh, two terms I learned recently, isogesis and exogesis. Um, isogesis, when you translate something in isogesis, you use the um you use your own feelings and opinions on things in order to translate where exogesis is you use a translation to to modify your own to, to form your feelings and and you were worried he's going to use isogesis versus exogesis and for those right. listening that's not j-e-s j-e-s-u-s that is not it's uh g-e-s-i-s <laughs> um yeah understood um, then as far as you're concerned, the only way you would yourself trust a accurate translation is if in fact it's using, uh, the only way you would trust it's exogesis is if it's someone who's not a believer in the Bible or who's not out using it, the Bible as a preaching, you know, they're not, I don't have a problem with being a believer in the Bible and using this isn't going to sound the way I want it to, but using the Bible to make your living is two different things. Okay. 
So just because somebody believes in the Bible, if they're still doing the translation for research purposes, not to verify what the Bible is saying, it's two different. It, it's kind of like you were just saying. Well, then I think it's a. Go ahead. It's it's an unbiased, basically an unbiased third party. Well, then how? Well, I guess how can you trust that the third party is unbiased? Well, Fair you, enough. How I, do you know I, that I just, <laughs> you know, alter your motive? Right. Um, yeah. No. I'm, I know. You know. At some point, you got to trust somebody. I get it. And oh, I thought we just discussed. Okay. Um, yeah. You you got to trust somebody. So um, I, now. I this actually, I guess it would probably be best if we could get from. I mean, some some of our listeners are probably streaming this multiple resources. Someone who um, who is like I said, just doing who claims to just be doing it for research. Someone who actually does have a history with uh, with knowledge of the Bible, and you know, if I, see where they um, coalesce and see where they differ. And if they differ, find out from each why each of them believe they differ. I believe it does not necessarily mean man, it means boy because of ABC. No, I believe it means man because of XYZ. Kind of, you know, kind of thing. Everything all right? Yes. Oh, okay. Grace is cleaning up after herself finally. I'm done. So, all right. So, I mean, that's what sounds like, that to me sounds like the best. The, the best situation. Um, right. Now, I cannot believe that we're the first one to think of that. So, I, okay. if I if I can remember, I'd like to I, I'd like to see if I can. Well, actually, I'm going to entrust you. If you wouldn't mind, please take a look and see whether or not somebody has already done and possibly published the findings. You know, here's Schmigelhofer. Here's Jane Schmigelhofer. Each one of them has different backgrounds. Boom. You know, here's what we found. Here's where we coalesce, and here's where we differ. Um, and if so, I will buy a, a copy of that in a heartbeat. And well, I'll buy a copy of it as long as it's not older than forty years, because Lord knows what's <laughs> right. <laughs> For no, all I know, I about, That's you know supporting um, supporting things that aren't necessarily that have since been found to be you know, anti-biblical. Anyway, right. That's the point. Um, all right, so. That I, I'll be honest with you. I think that we've probably dug into a heck of a lot more than I really ever imagined we would do in our first uh, episode. Right. Um, but I think we, we want to edit some of this out because we got so far off topic. Yeah. Well, but we, <laughs> we have actually still paved one heck of a foundation, I think, for uh, future episodes. We, we've been able to lay out for a lot of people where we're coming from, why we're going there, and uh, what can be found along the way. So, um, with that in mind, since it got passed today and it's being signed this week, we're going to do the next episode on the stimulus package. Oh yeah. Um, oh, so, so did it, did it pass both, um, pass the house? Um, they're saying Biden's going to sign it Friday. I'm not sure why he's waiting, but yeah, that's what they're saying. Oh, well, okay. Um, sure. We can absolutely discuss that. Um, there was another, topic i was thinking about on the drive up here this evening uh did i write it down or was i did it, oh yes yes um border control uh, no no 
that that is what I want to talk about eventually, but not next episode. The next episode, I want to see if we can talk about HR one. Are you familiar with that? What's HR one? HR one. It's the first bill uh, uh, introduced by uh, Nancy Pelosi because she gets to give give priority and therefore number them about right. um, that's supposed to essentially, well, for lack of better terms, federalize elections as opposed to making them state ran the voting right as per the constitution. Right. The, uh, I think they're calling it the John Lewis voting act. I don't know about that. I, I, I can't say yay or nay. Okay. But yeah. Uh, but that, we, can, uh, we can hit on both of those. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so we, we can definitely hit both of those. Yeah. I, th- I think those would be excellent uh, topics. I think they'd be rather apropos. By the time we do our research and you know, um, we're going to get together whenever, uh, at least the plan is to get together whenever I'm back in Oklahoma. Of course, you'll be starting your new job that same week. So it'll depend a lot on- Possibly. I may end up pushing it a week. So I'm, I'm working on that. Okay. Well, uh, either way, we're going to try to see if we can get together. I'll actually be in Oklahoma with you. We can- it won't sound uh, as uh, potentially horrible as this does because of Zoom and the internet. Uh, but otherwise, I, I'll, I'll probably go ahead and there are some parts in there, like that pause we had earlier, where I'm going to go ahead and edit right. out, make it sound a little. Well, and we got, off, we got off on a biblical tangent that I don't know that we need to keep all of that in there. Well, I, I was thinking we might want to be only, only because it does help lay a foundation or explain why or where we're coming from on a moral standard. Um, since everything we're gonna be talking about is gonna come for, uh, from our own individual moral standards, I think that, that's why I was, the questions I was throwing at you tended to be geared around a better understanding gotcha. of where okay. Rob and Victoria's morality tries to come from. So, um, gotcha. so it, uh, like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll put together the final, uh, the final product. Um, I'll, I'll post it to, I don't know. I, I know it'll definitely go on YouTube. Um, how long it'll stay there, I don't know, because well, we are talking about some right-wing issues here, too. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, who knows? Well, but, you know, once you get it posted, get a link, we'll put it on Facebook and oh yeah, I'll, I'll, send everybody over there, and I'll get a bunch of hate from people I know about it. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, I, but uh, I'll, I'll post, I'm going to see if I can publish this as many places as I can think of and find. and Modify. Um, Spotify, Spotify. Um, there's a no, no. Uh, app, Apple Podcasts. Um, okay. uh, a couple yeah, other things. Yep. Get them all there. Throw them all into a post, and we'll throw it up on Facebook. And all right. Yeah. How about if I put? Happens. It, how about if I put it on Parlor? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go over real well there. <laughs> I don't, think I, do I, I don't think I'm going to be a fan favorite on that one. <laughs> I can tell you I'm going to lose a good five to ten seconds worth of sleep over that. <laughs> I have no doubt. All right, Victoria. Well, I do appreciate your time. Uh, to all of our listeners, I appreciate your patience. And um, I guess uh, anything you want to uh, sign off with. No, we're good. It's, it's been fun. All right. Um, all right, everybody, watch out you don't get killed. Right. Have a good night. Bye. Hey, hey, everybody. 
This is Rob. I'm sorry for the background noise. You see, I just finished editing the first episode, and um, I realized at the end that Victoria and I neglected to mention one final detail. You see, we are we called the podcast Victoria and Rob's Political Podcast more out of uh, exasperation because we had discussed a couple of possible titles, and nothing really seemed to grab us. And except for one, which unfortunately was already taken by somebody else. Uh, we do want to somehow include the fact that our topic, or our conversations, I should say, will typically be political in nature. Um, so nothing silly like, why can't we be friends, kind of thing. Uh, but we thought, hey, why don't we let the listeners take a, uh, take a shot at it? Maybe you can think of a good title that we could start calling our podcast. And uh, if you think you have something, again, mentioning the fact that we're referencing that we are typically political in nature, please feel free to either leave a comment on YouTube if you're listening to this there, or if you prefer, we do have an email address. In the meantime, it is Victoria and Rob's podcast. That's all one word, V-I-C-T-O-R-I-A-A-N-D, R-O-B-S podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at gmail.com. Email us there. Let us know what you think. Let us know if, um, if, if you think you just got a heck of an idea. If we like it, yeah, we'll use it. We'll mention your name on, our, on whatever podcast we record after we choose. Uh, if we don't like it, well, we'll probably just ignore it. <laughs> I'll just be plain. All right. Well, thank you again. I, I, I do really appreciate you taking the time to listen all the way to the end like this. And we hope that you'll continue to come back for more. Have yourself a great one. Take care.